The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFF Premier NFL Draft Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Ali Hodgkinson. We're going through the position groups, Ali. We are almost there. We are about two weeks from the NFL Draft today on Thursday. I believe it is April 14th, so we are getting there. We are almost to the finish line. Uh, We've been going through corner, safety, receiver, uh, I think, we covered edge rusher. We'll have to go back and look. We've covered a few. We've still got a lot to go. Today, we are doing all oh, we did linebackers. That's right, linebackers. I was thinking I had the wrong position. But today, we're doing uh, offensive tackle. And we're going to go through our top guys, some other players to watch. And uh, we don't have m- much time to waste because we're trying to keep it under 30. So first off, Ali, how are you doing? Not too much. We don't really care about your life. But how are you doing? Uh, me neither, to be fair. Um, <laughs> two, two weeks. Two weeks to go. I'm, I'm buzzing. This time in two weeks, we'll be sat here with like two hours till the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock, something like that. I, I can't wait. I'm absolutely buzzing. I, it, it's, it feels like everything's coming to fruition now. It's rumors season. It's lion season. It's officially draft season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is very exciting, and I'm, I'm excited for it to kind of all culminate, come to a head uh, on draft night because obviously there's a ton of analysis to sift through. I can barely keep track of it anymore. But uh, that's the fun part, you know, is just keeping, you know, keeping watching guys, diving into the analysis and the tape and seeing what else you can, you can discover in the short amount of time. You know, there's never a limit to how much you can discover and, and, and analyze. And that's the beauty of the draft season is that it really what you get out of it is what you put into it. And, you know, we've been trying to put in as much as we can, but there's still quite a long ways to go. Two weeks, you know, it seems short, but plenty of time to, you know, keep reevaluating, keep evaluating new prospects that you haven't quite gotten to yet. And I feel like that's an interesting segue into today's topic, which is the offensive tackle class. Obviously, we've finalized our top guys, and we will talk about them for a little bit. But there's also some intriguing depth in this class and a lot of different types of players. You know, you look at your developmental starters, you know, your potential guard transition guys who could have traits to be solid starters on the interior. You know, there's a lot of different molds to look at. So we're going to look at, you know, some of those guys who may be underlooked. I know we had some people comment on people that they wanted to hear about. So we will get to that. But first off, Ali, there's a it seems like there's a triumvirate at the top of of three offensive tackles that are kind of head and shoulders above the rest. You got Evan Neal, you got Ikema Kwanu, and you got Charles Cross. So before we get into the depth of the class, I want to hear from you. You know, who is the, you know, what's the order there? We basically for everyone, that's how it is. Trevor Penning is probably going to sneak into that group at the top in the draft too. But I think you and I are both in agreement that he's a little bit below them as a prospect. Uh, So those three at the top, what's your order right now? Yeah. And I think um, I just want to hear you say triumvirate over and over again on this podcast. I I love that word. That's one of my top five words. I got to get my top five word rankings in at some point, but that's, it's up there. I like that word a lot. We've, we've got to get that into every single episode of this podcast. And like you say, I, I think for me personally, um, I, we've heard the Penning talk. We've heard like the NFL is really high on Trevor Penning. There's been so much talk about him being a potential top 10 pick and he's never going to make it past X team. And I, I think there's a notable drop off between the top three guys in Evan Neal, Ike McQuarnu and Charles Cross to Trevor Penning. And he, he is probably going to end up being the fourth um, taken offensive tackle in this class but i think the drop-off is noticeable um to penning from these top three guys and for me evan neal is the top he's the top of the tree now i know there's people who um who think charles cross is a, a clear um, offensive tackle one in this class and i can see these elements of his game that really 
are electrifying and special. Um, and, and the same with Ike McQuano. You know, there's potentially, I don't think, an offensive tackle who plays as savagely but but under control as Ike McQuano. We know we've, we've seen the, the stuff with Trevor Penning. He plays with savagery that sometimes gets a little bit away from him. Aquanu plays with that kind of savagery that's under control. Um, so there's, there's, there's something to love um, for these guys. And I could sit and listen to people's arguments about why they have one of these guys at the top. But for me, when you look at Evan Neal, he possesses, um, and he's not pro- he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. No prospect as they come out of college football into the NFL is perfect. Um, but for me, when you look at Evan Neal, six, seven and a half, 337 pounds, how well he carries that 337 pounds. We saw him rock up at the combine. The dude was chiseled. Like, I would love to look like that at 337. I might be that at six foot tall and be a slightly flabbier, to be honest. Um, he was chiseled. He is the size. He's got the length at 34 inch um, arms. And everything that that brings to the football field, um, he's very difficult to circumnavigate with that size and that length. His length allows him to get his hands um, into his opponent before they can get their hands on him. He's very adept at using those hands to chop down other uh, pass rushers' arms, so he can't get into um, his uh, into his frame. What and something that we've talked about personally between us is I think what's what makes Evan Neal stand out exceptional footwork you watch Evan Neal go to work on the football field his feet are just uh, it's like watching dancing it's like watching poetry on on ten toes his footwork is incredible his place his play speed is excellent we haven't seen him test we don't have a relative athletic score for Evan Neal because he hasn't tested didn't run a 40 at the Alabama Pro Day didn't run a 40 at the NFL Combine but you don't need those numbers to know what Evan Neal can do on the football field in terms of his play speed, his footwork, his ability to mirror, his ability to counter. You've watched um, you've watched him for Alabama be used as a puller. There's lots of things that Evan Neal does exceptionally well. Powerful hands, violent hands, people mover in the run game. Versatility is a left tackle, right tackle, left guard. And when we're talking about offensive ta- tackle prospects and how they transition and translate to the next level, for me, I don't think there's anyone that you is an easier um, projection than Evan Neal because you take this kid, plug him in at right tackle, plug him in at left guard. He's going to be an eventual left tackle, starting left tackle in the NFL. How he gets to there is is really unimportant. And um, when you look at everyone else in this class, the next you know the next two guys up, Cross and Aquanu, there's a, a level of projection where the ability to trans, uh, transition to right tackle is con- concerned. Aquanu, we know, has played left tackle and left guard and played both positions to an exceptional um, standard. So we know he can play guard at the NFL level, but you don't take a guard fourth overall, fifth overall, sixth overall. That range we're looking at for Ike McQuire, even, you know, there's been talk of him being taken first overall. He's never played right tackle, so that's a projection. Charles Cross, they asked him to work out right tackle at the um, at his pro day. Several teams asked him to, and I think we mentioned that either in the spaces or another podcast episode. That looked good out there on the field against that thin air because you want to see a, a player look natural in their movements because it's not as simple as just switching to one from one side to the other. Um, 
and he did look natural doing that uh, at his pro day. So, but again, it's a level of projection. But with Evan Neal, you know he can do that. You know he can play right tackle. You know he can play left tackle. You know he can play on the interior. You know he's big, powerful, fast, and plays with exceptional footwork. And um, that he's not perfect, like we said before. There's elements of his game. You, you see him lunging quite, um, not quite often. Um, not probably the right word. Prior to this season, that was a real big issue, I thought, on his tape. We cleaned up some of that, but he, he, there's still a little bit of, a, of that in his game. He can lean um, a little bit um, on on the opposition pass rusher, which leaves him a little susceptible um, when they redirect. But uh, for me, Evan Neal has got everything that you're looking for um, for him to be the first taken over offensive tackle in this class. Yeah, I was wondering coming into this if we were going to have the same order because I know, you know, in the lead up to the draft, there's been kind of a, a changing of the guard here where, I mean, usually I feel like Neil is still the top tackle, you know, in the eyes of a lot of scouts, but it's not a consensus opinion anymore. Like we see Ikema Kwanu take that top spot on some boards, you know, even Charles Cross is up there. Uh, so I was kind of, I, I don't want to say surprised, but, you know, because, hey, great minds think alike right now, you know, it's it's a subjective, it's a subjective exercise, right? So, you know, it's it's perfectly reasonable to have a Kwanu at number one, but I was interested to see if we would have the same order in those three, and we did. Uh, I have Evan Neal number one, a Kwanu number two, and Charles Cross number three. They're all phenomenal tackle prospects. I just think with Evan Neal, like you said, the versatility but I also just think he's the best player. You know, if you put him all left tackle, I think he's the best left tackle. You know, I, I think with Evan Neal, like you said, you know, a chiseled 6'7", 337. I like to look that way at 337 too. You know, unfortunately, genetics really helped him out, man. He's a, you know, he's an athletic specimen for sure. Uh, and for his size, moves very well. Um, I'm very impressed with how, you know, he can get into space. He can exert power as a run locker, but, you know, in pass protection too. And I don't think he's quite as mobile as Ikem or Cross in pass protection. That's a high bar to clear. Both of those guys are really light on their feet, really springy. Uh, I think Neil is more, you know, he's a little lumbering, but he still moves really well. It's more a byproduct of just how massive he is. And he still moves really well for that size. With with Evan Neal, like you said, and this was the thing that struck me the most with his footwork, or with his game, is his footwork. It is so efficient. Very little wasted motion. You know, a lot of times with bigger guys that can struggle to stay tight and kind of stay efficient and stay composed, right? But with Evan Neal, very little wasted motion. He gets a ton of depth on his kick. Uh, and he's really he, he's really good at matching rushers, but not just, you know, not just wandering to the back. You know, he matches them with his tempo so that he's not out of position when he levies that punch. I think I saw independent hands the most from Neal on his tape. I saw flashes of it with Equano and Cross. But I think it was most often on Neil's tape, you know, so he's got that technical ability on top of that physical dominance, man. So I look at that. Like you said, there are some issues. I think of the three, Neil's hips are the least fluid and he's still pretty fluid. Like he can flip those hips. He can, you know, wall guys off, just not quite as easily as Cross Naquanu. And then, as you said as well, the balance, the leverage. Uh, there's times when he kind of lurches over his center of gravity and that can create balance issues. That was a big problem heading into 2021. He improved it a lot. You know, I was impressed with how he improved it, but it still is a little bit of an issue. And when you're 6'7", there are going to be times when you play a little taller than you're supposed to, right? So it's not a big issue, and I think it's one that can continue to be corrected. But, you know, I think you're looking at, when you're looking at the pecking order in this tackle class, Neil, Aquanu, Cross, 
seems to be the way it's going. Now, I could also see because Aquanu, when you're talking about who's the most physical, who's the nastiest finisher, it's Aquanu out of this class, out of this group anyway. So I think you look at Aquanu, could easily win over coaching staffs with that, you know, being a little smaller at 6'4, 310, but very dense for that 6'4 frame, has 34 inch arms. You know, he's you're looking at a guy who he's like an apex predator out there. Once he gets in space, he is looking to bury defenders, right? And he often succeeds because he's very powerful, he's very athletic, and he is just aggressive at seeking out those angles and destroying them. So he's a very fun player as well. And if you're looking for a dominant run blocker who's trending up as a pass protector, then I mean I could see Aquanu being a preferred player there. For me and you, it's Neil uh, because he is a higher floor right now and he has a pretty high ceiling as well. But they're all pretty close together. So we just want to take some time to, you know, give some respect to those guys because they're very, very talented. And, uh, you know, if you're picking in the top 10, if you have a chance to add any of those guys, you know, like it's it's just uh, it's a good opportunity to protect your quarterback. Yeah. And I think the thing is as well, um, you know, Evan Neal for, for both of those is the, is the guy at number one. And, and we both have Ike McQuano over Charles Cross for two and then three. But. You could certainly see an argument with um, a flip of Cross and Aquano, I think. Um, you know, we talked about Aquano's savagery and uh, the power, the violence that he plays within the run game. Um, but Charles Cross, I think there's not a lot, when you look at the measurables, there's not actually a lot between them in terms of size and weight. Cross looks very much a slender offensive tackle. And he's definitely um, the more athletic of the two. And you mentioned, you know, the, the footwork, the lateral agility, his ability to mirror, redirect. His hand placement almost seems in um, tandem with his feet, which is what you want to see for an offensive tackle. And that's just almost looks like a blur at work when you watch Charles Cross. But don't be like, don't be fooled by the slender appearance of Charles Cross. You know, he can be yeah. very physical at the point of attack. He, he can a- be. He has a very strong base, you know. Like I feel like yeah. that's the like he can draw power up from that. I do, I do think of the of these three, he is the weakest tackle. Now again, that's not saying a lot because you're working against two of the strongest guys in the class, Nakwanu and and Neil. But there are times when Charles Cross, I would like his anchor to be a little bit stronger, can improve that. Now I thought he did improve that in 2021. Can still work on that. I, I don't think the power element is quite there as much as it is with the other guys. But again, I mean, like you said, you're dealing with a very smooth athlete who's already a very good pass protector for his age, just a redshirt sophomore. So really impressive in his development already and has the high-end tools to build on. So really looking forward to seeing how these guys develop. We're already halfway through the 30-minute stretch, man. It's crazy how time flies with this new uh, this new format, but we're going to get through it. Uh, we've got some other tackles that we want to discuss, and I know we were asking people, like, hey, we're going to do a tackle podcast, so who do you want to hear about? And I think some of the names that popped up were – um. Luke Kadecki, I know, is one of them. Abe Lucas, the Washington State. Uh, Dare Rosenthal. And who was the other one, Ali? Or who? Uh, I think there was one or two. Yeah, so we've got uh, Luke Kadecki, Abraham Lucas, Dare Rosenthal, Zach Tom, and Ryan Van Demark. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So who do you want to start with? Let's. I'm, I'm, Putting pressure on you. Yeah. Let's look, let's start with Zach Tom because I know he's a guy that you've watched recently um, yeah. in the process. So let's start with Zach Tom because he's a super intriguing character. He is, yeah. And I, I watched him last night so I can pull up the, the grade here. What the? I got to verify my account. What the? All right. Hang on a sec. Let me type my password here. No peeking, Ali. Nah. No peeking. <laughs> While you're typing in that, let's just, I'll just say, just in some background with Zach Tom. Yeah. Kid's a, a former shot put star, and you see that in his game. 
And before we get into the nuances of what he's done and where he's playing and what his projection is, former shot put star who I was talking to uh, a Tito Ogbonia out of UCLA, the defensive tackle, and he was a he's a former shot put um, national representative at the under 19s level, I think it was. And he was talking about how, as a shot putter, knowing how to control your body to get the most violence and power into a shot put really helps when you're talking about um, football. It really translates and helps um, with the development as a football player. So whenever I see anything like that, like kid used to play shot put and you, you can see it in the game, you go, oh, yeah, that's where he gets it from. Yeah, for sure. And I think, interestingly, that's kind of exciting with Tom because I do think that one of the big areas where he can improve is getting stronger. Now, I do, you do see that targeted strength where he's very efficient. And I feel like we can start there with Zach Tom. Uh, very efficient in his movements, not a lot of wasted motion. Again, kind of like Evan Neal, especially in pass protection. I mean, this guy, you know, is very calm, very composed, uh, very tight around the corner, uh, can match guys around the edge. I think some of the notes that I wrote uh, with the footwork, you know, excellent footwork on recovery, very quick to establish his base. You know, he can be a little bit late with his kick, but again, you're, you're dealing with a lot of efficiency. And when he does need to recover, again, very quick, very light on his feet, very nimble as an athlete. Um, incredibly easy mover, and he's quick out of his stance too. So I really love the athleticism with this guy. I mean, he's very athletic. You can definitely tell that that's a big part of his game. He also flips his hips pretty well too when he needs to change direction. Pretty fluid there as well, and he has decent length. He has you know pretty good core and grip strength. And I think we see that you know when he's able to latch onto guys, he can wrestle those rushes into submission. He's got that ability. Um, you know, it's just for me personally, the things that kind of stood out as well. The size, you can definitely tell he's a little bit on the smaller side for an offensive tackle around 6'4", 304. Uh, so again, not like a liability, but definitely a little lighter, a little smaller, 33 and a fourth inch arms. So just over that 33 inch threshold that you usually look at a tackle, but still kind of in the average spectrum, right? So you're looking at a guy who might move to the interior at the next level. But that's, you know, another factor in his evaluation is that he's versatile, very versatile uh, going off of positions can really line up anywhere along the five position groups. So you're dealing with a, a flexible offensive lineman who has the athleticism and has, like you said, the efficiency with his motion. I would like him to get a little bit more naturally strong with that and add more power to his game because I didn't see a ton of power, not a ton of knockback capacity in his punches. But again, the athleticism, the hand usage, uh, it's all there, you know, and I think, again, he can refine his footwork a little bit, but it is pretty good the way it is right now. Again, the kick can prove a little bit, but you're looking at a guy who has the recovery, has the athleticism to match guys and has the hand usage as well. You know, so just add that power and you could be looking at a future starter. I think in the immediate timeline, I gave him an early day three grade. So, you know, in round four, get this guy's tackle depth and then potentially, you know, he can rotate all across the line. That's a valuable player for you. And if he can go on to be a starter as well, even better. So I like him. I don't love him, but I do like the potential you're working with. Yeah, and it's that, um, like you mentioned, it's the, the technical refinement that he shows in terms of the, the hand timing, the placement um, of his hands, the athletic profile, you know, we, we saw at the combine, elite speed, explosion and agility grades. And they all that shows up on tape. Um, and like you say, if he's got, if he could just develop that strength, um, that would go a, a fair old way to cementing his positioning as a, a potential NFL offensive tackle. I think, you know, he's got, experience at tackle and center i think he would quite he, he would make um make for a good center prospect in terms of you look at um yeah teams teams that run zone run schemes 
Um, I, I could see Zach Tom playing the pivot there. Yeah, he'd be um, excellent fit there. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I love the, I love the upside play. You say it's just if he can just become a little stronger because he's the same. He's the same. Uh, he's actually taller than Ike McQuanny, but substantially lighter. Um, but bizarrely, with bigger hands and smaller arms, quite a it's quite a strange dynamic going on with Zach Tom. But he's he's an intriguing prospect for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, it, it's crazy. They come in all different shapes and sizes, and I think we can pivot pretty well into the next one uh, with Ryan Van Demark. I know you got to watch more of him than I did, so I'm curious to hear what you found when you're watching him. Connecticut offensive tackle. He's been getting some hype, and I know he tested pretty well. Um, got all the traits as far as I know. Uh, what did you see on tape, and you know where do you have him right now? Yeah, he's um, he he is starting to get some hype, and I think it's well deserved. I think he's a, a guy who was snubbed from the combine, which um, was surprising. But he's a he's a guy that's figured on my top three hundred big board pretty much from when we first um, when we we did the first edition of those back in October. You know, it feels like a long time ago. Um, but when you you look at the offensive tackle position in the NFL, Ryan Van Demart ticks a lot of the boxes. Six six and a half, um, three oh seven. So again, a slender offensive tackle compared to a guy like Aquano or Evan Neal. Um, exceptional length, thirty five and a half inch arms, um, and he's a, a phenomenal athlete as well. And um, particularly in terms of um, explosion and this is what you want to see from offensive linemen you want to see them explode off the snap and get straight into battle and no messing around and that's what Ryan Damark brings you know 1.75 10 split um, is phenomenal um, for a man of his size and then you talked about the traits that he brings to the field intelligent athletic good anchor quick footwork we mentioned independent hands when we were talking about the top three guys and how Evan Neal flashed more examples of using independent hands than Charles Cross and Ike McGuire. Lots of examples of independent hands from Ryan Van Demark. Um, strength, he's got strong, he's strong enough to handle power rushes. He's agile enough to um, to handle speed rushes. Showed that at the All-Star game process where he was just impeccable i think this is probably not a better word to describe how we went into into business day in day out of practice um he's got right tackle and left tackle versatility as far as i'm concerned this is a kid who who i think has got a, a very bright nfl future now he's probably probably going to be a day three pick um and, and not early day three either but he he's got all the building blocks all the tools um, I think to to really have a strong NFL future. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we're working with with a lot of this group, right? It's like in some capacity or another, they do have the tools to develop. And you know, we got I think around seven minutes left, so pivoting quickly to uh, Dare Rosenthal, who's another one, Kentucky offensive tackle, the guy opposite Darian Kennard. Uh, he's a very interesting one, um, and he was one that kind of stood out to me when I did my uh, scouting report of him earlier in the season, like I'm like, this guy's actually pretty good. And I kind of like the upside more than Kennard. So, you know, very intriguing player. Uh, again, over 33-inch arms, so you're working with that length, which you'd like to see. The the big red flag with with Rosenthal, and this was really interesting because he was listed at 6'7", 327 at, at college, and he weighed in at 290 at the NFL Combine. 6'6 six, six and a half, 290. So as much as I love the tools, that is woefully underweight for an NFL tackle. You're going to have to build that frame up. So, and at the pro day, it was 292. So he's still got some work to do 
in terms of building up his frame. But looking at the pure athleticism, and I think this is another thing that showed up at the NFL Combine, is that you know running a 4.88 in the 40-yard dash definitely has that. Definitely has that mobility in space, that quickness off the line. Uh, you look at the athletic traits, it's just... You know, it, 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 you, it, you know when guys have it, it pops. When you when they have it, it pops on tape. You definitely see it. He's explosive off the line. That's one thing that I love from offensive tackles. Now, it's a little hard to quantify sometimes, you know, how quickly they gear up off the line. But you can see it, right? It's just one of those things. He is very explosive off the line. Nimble, light on his feet. Again, for six, six and a half frame. You'd love to see that. Uh, and he moves really well laterally, too. He's a very smooth lateral mover, can mirror rushers around the edge. You know, he's got nice recovery athleticism, change of direction. Uh, I think that a lot of the tools are there. For me with Rosenthal, you know, the the weight definitely needs to improve. And I don't want him playing right away because of that. I think at, at this point, that weight probably relegates him to day three territory. I thought he might be a day two guy before he weighed in. I thought he looked pretty lean for it. I didn't expect him to weigh in quite that light. But now that he has, that's definitely something he's got to fix. Uh, and then on top of that, too, I think he keeps his hands a little too wide sometimes. So the placement overall can improve. Reliance on those two-handed extensions a lot, you know, and can be a little choppy with his footwork. So there is some refinement to undergo there with Dari Rosenthal. But again, I mean, we've kind of gone through it. The equation here, which is, you know, if you're athletic, if you're long, and he's physical, too. Like, he's willing to drive guys downfield. He's got good leg drive. You know, when you have that, that alone is worth the spot on the NFL roster. And maybe, you know, a few years down the road, he has the athletic traits to be a, a starting left tackle. It's going to take time, two or three years, I think. But, you know, get him in that room. He can be quality depth early on and uh, potentially help you out in the future, give you some flexibility. So I like the potential as well uh, with Rosenthal. But again, it's one of those things you're probably not taking him in uh, in day two. So one of those things to look at. But I think we got Abraham Lucas and Luke Gadecki, correct? You want to say some stuff about Lucas? I know we probably both have thoughts on him. He's been an interesting prospect this entire cycle. You know, kind of he's he's in that, you know, mid-tier group, that day two group. Uh, and he's definitely a natural right tackle, which has that going for him because a lot of teams in this draft need right tackles, not left tackles. So right away, that's something that he can fit into. But, you know, he's kind of a polarizing prospect, too. We've seen some people like him in top 50. We saw a report, uh, I think, yesterday that he might be getting fringe first-round buzz. Uh, and then other people have him day three. Where do you have him, and how do you feel about his traits? Yeah, I really like Abraham Lucas. And and as you mentioned, there isn't a great deal of natural right tackle prospects. If you take Evan Neal out of the equation as a guy who has right tackle experience, Abraham Lucas pretty much stands as the top natural right tackle as the kid who has made that his position at the college football level um and now that you might think that means there is a terrible um lack of right tackles there is but it also means abram lucas is a very very good football player particularly if you're a, a team who likes to throw the ball um, this is a kid who has got the highest number of pass protection reps in this 2022 NFL draft class. So you know you're getting an experienced pass protector showcased at the NFL Combine, the athleticism that um, he brings to the table. And you see that on tape, he's athletic enough to to drive defenders around the edge. Um, you see him in very limited opportunity, admittedly for Washington State, but when passed, he can get out in head of the run game. Um, footwork's pretty decent. The athleticism again, redirecting, being able to mirror. Um, I think he shows good strength. Um, 
and good balance. You'd like to see him be stronger at the point of attack, I think. Um, but he has he has got a decent anchor. He has been able to shut down some of the best pass rushes um, in in the NFL draft process. You know, he's, he's played against guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and, and been successful against them. Um, I think you look at you look at Lucas, just over six six, three fifteen, three uh, thirty three, nearly thirty four inch arms, meets all those NFL requisites. Um, the limited flexibility and versatility. You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about versatility on this podcast that limited flexibility and versatility might play against him. But if you're a team that needs a right tackle around the back end of round two, I think that's a really the ripe landing spot. I don't buy into the first round talk, but around the back end of round two, I think is a, is a really good spot for Abraham Lucas. Um, and the team's going to get a natural right tackle going there. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, having that natural right tackle ability is something that will probably boost his value up. I think a little higher than it should be. I kind of have him in that, you know, round three, early round three range. I I don't think the hips are super fluid again. I think he's fluid enough. Don't get me wrong. The footwork is good, uh, but can be a little plodding sometimes. Plays a little tall. You know, his he can keep his hands a little wide sometimes and expose himself to power. Um, But, you know, outside of all that is a relatively polished prospect has a lot of experience. He's going to be a 24 year old rookie again. So you kind of expect that, right? We thought he might come out last year and he ended up coming back for a final season. But, you know, you look at the athletic traits and again, that's what we keep coming back to. But the bottom line is if you're going to be an offensive tackle in the NFL, you got to be able to match up with those athletes across from you and being six, six, three fifteen, 15 to almost 34 inch arms. Again, ran a four, nine, two, uh, had a 27 inch vertical, almost a nine foot broad again, you know, good athletic numbers for his size, especially. And that's something that'll help him out. He's proven he can match guys on tape, get out in space, uh, run block, use that leg drive. So again, you can improve the pad level. You can keep your hands a little bit thinner, a little bit, you know, closer to your chest. But at the end of the day, I do really like the ability with Abraham Lucas and having comfort at right tackle. That's something that you as a team don't have to think about as much because you're not moving a guy from left to right. You kind of have that fit there. So a fun player for sure. One more right tackle and uh, then we'll get out of here. But Luke Decky was the guy that I really want to get to because people were talking about him, you know, and I'll be honest, I, I'd been preoccupied with a lot of other prospects. Hadn't got a chance to get to him quite yet. Um, and, but watched him earlier today and I was pretty impressed. Not going to lie. Uh, I do think there's some caveats with his stock. 6'5", 312, so pretty good size, but 32 and one-fourth arms. So well below the average that you're expecting at offensive tackle. And I think that could be a problem for him with his projection. But looking at how he plays, um, he is very, uh, very physical. I'll say that. it's the first. That's the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing that pops on tape. Uh, he's got very good um, finishing ability, a very consistent finisher. And not just a guy like Trevor Penning who kind of goes overboard, right? Like Luke Gadecki is a guy who finishes each rep to the whistle, you know, just kind of making sure that his job is done. You know, there's kind of that duty there with him, that responsibility. I, I really like that on his tape. Doesn't go overboard, but always does his job. And you like that dependability from your player. Um, you know, beyond that, he's got a strong base. He's got good lateral agility. He's got pretty good athleticism in general. I do like how he moves. Not an elite mover, but I think good in that good to great range. Uh, well, well above average for sure. Can be a little stiff laterally, but not bad at all. You know, I think more than more than not, he's pretty nimble, pretty uh, light in space. Um, and he's again the power, the strength that really shows up. He can latch onto guys, and he, that grip strength is strong. I mean, you see even some of the top guys in this class. They have trouble maintaining their anchors. I think Gadecki is very good at once he latches on, that anchor is set and he can drive you out of the play. He's got very good leg drive. 
very good power. Um, he's got a lot of upper body torque. He can, you know, throw guys down, man. He's just so powerful, so aggressive, uh, but so disciplined as well with that aggression. And I really like that from him. Uh, can clean up some technique stuff. You know, he shows good flashes. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the, the technique, the awareness sometimes too, like he can get thrown off his assignment by interior guys, sometimes leave that edge open, you know, when he's matched with two on one, uh, he can improve that in that aspect. But I really like what, you, what you're working with with Gadecki. The tools are there. Again, I think you mentioned before the podcast, a former tight end. So still kind of learning the position, but, you know, a very fun player. And me personally, if I'm an NFL evaluator, with those 32 and one fourth arms, if here's the thing, he's graded as an early day three guy on my board. But if he was a guard, if I'm evaluating him as a guard, I would take him day two. I would because I really like the physicality with Gadecki. And I think in a phone booth, you might be able to mitigate some of those consistency with technique and awareness that you're getting on the tackle position. You know, in a phone booth, that physicality, that power translates a lot better. And it also you don't have the arm length as as much of a concern in that setting. So I really like the idea of moving him inside to right guard uh, and letting him work there because I think you can get a solid starter. I really do. Uh, I was a little, you know, disappointed when he got injured, uh, disappointed, you know, for him because at the senior bowl, because that was a really good opportunity for him to boost his stock. But I'm glad people are coming back to him now because he's a very talented player with very good tape. And yeah, me personally, I would probably, if I'm planning on taking him as a guard, I would look at him late day too. I would, I think, you know, early round three or early round four is a little more comfortable. But I do think you're looking at a potential future future starter here on the interior. Yeah, definitely. I, I've echoed everything that you said there. What I would worry me for with Luke Kadecki is that you know he, he missed time at the Senior Bowl with the injury, missed the whole of 2020 with a knee injury. That's multiple knee injuries that's starting to to add up. Um, but like you say, it showcases a lot of the stuff that you want to see there in a prospect in terms of the anchor, the strength wanting to finish, the will to finish uh, his opponent, just the inconsistency like you mentioned there. Look, we're, we're getting towards well, well past time. We had a hell of a lot of different questions asked about offensive tackle. If we didn't get to you guy that you wanted to hear about, if we didn't answer your question, I know there were some team-specific questions, make sure you check out my scouting notebook this week because I'm going to answer some of those questions about offensive tackle prospects within that scouting notebook, which will probably drop Saturday this week. Yes, sir. Ali is going to get to the rest of the questions. I know some team specific ones that were in there. Um, and at the same time, if you want to ask a question in person, uh, feel free to tune into our Twitter spaces. We got them running Monday and Thursday at 7 p.m. running up until the draft. Um, Ali has his AMA on Tuesday at noon. I got mine on Fridays at 5 p.m. So those are your times. If you want to reach out to us and always feel free to reach out on Twitter as well. Whenever uh, you get the chance, his at is at OJ Hodgkinson. And then mine is at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine. So feel free to reach out if you have any questions. We're going to get to the rest of the position groups in the weeks to come. But for now, uh, that is it with the offensive tackles. So peace out, everyone. Have a good one.